we came together through football and it just started off as an idea really and it started off as saying why isn't there a women's club well okay let's solve that problem and make one and that's kind of where onyx was born and, and the name onyx actually comes from a black gemstone which is all about strength and coming together and we thought it also represented the black in the uae flag uh, we all wanted to give a little nod to the country that we all call home This is the Metal Set. Hi, this is Dawn, an ultra cyclist and sports PR specialist. And I'm Afshan, an endurance athlete and journalist. And we're on a quest to bring you stories of tenacity, courage and metal. From athletes in the Middle East and beyond. We couldn't let the FIFA World Cup pass us by without a chat about football. Or soccer, as I grew up calling it in Canada. Our guest today is Georgia Adelaide one of the four co-founders of Onyx FC, the UAE's first fully female-owned football club. Despite being from the football-mad UK, Georgia didn't take up football until moving to Dubai. It was here she found friendship, fun, and community, as well as the three other co-founders of Onyx FC. In today's chat with her, we discuss how Onyx came about, what football brought to her life, the achievements of the club since it started just one year ago and the growth of women's football in the UAE and beyond. She also shares her predictions for the World Cup. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Georgia. And this is quite timely, obviously, and topical because we have FIFA fever <laughs> all across the country. Yes. With it happening right next door in Qatar. So welcome to the podcast to talk all about football with us today. Yeah. Also, it's really been an amazing year for women's football worldwide. Mm -hmm. The Lionesses. Congrats. Thank you so much. Yes, I wasn't playing, but thank you. <laughs> Won the Euros in July, and that was the most watched women's Euros in history. It broke previous records for in-person attendance in the group stages even. Um, and it was the most attended European Championship final, men or women's which is outstanding. And then here, closer to the region, there was also a number, close, sorry, not closer to the region, we are in the region, but in the region, there was a lot of achievements as well. So the Saudi Arabian women's team this spring won its first ever international match in the Seychelles in a friendly match, which is very cool. And in the UAE, the UAE unified team, which is part of the Special Olympics, won a Special Olympics unified cup, in, or sorry, they won silver mm -hmm. in, in the US. So lots happening in football and there was a lot happening last night as well <laughs> yes well it's very busy as you said in the region in general at the moment I think we do all have football fever uh, so I'm losing my voice a little bit I've been talking about football for the last few weeks which obviously is fantastic and like you said there's been a lot going on with women's football as well so we're super excited about it but yeah my voice is a little bit sore I was on the stage last night at one of the fan festivals so we've been hyping up all of the female footballers to get involved uh, we have a little football pitch with Adidas down at one of the fan zones so we've been Which very busy we will there. get into as well yeah. later in the show absolutely I mean I have to confess I've played a lot of sports we have kid. to confess yeah I <laughs> really don't know much about football yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like a tourist whenever the World Cup is on which is why this is great actually yeah. to have you on the episode for sure and last night just so our listeners are aware the game last night late last night was 
England versus Wales. Yes, <laughs> the two of the United Kingdom countries <laughs> came together. England were victorious, 3-0, yeah. uh, which obviously I was very happy about. But it also is very sad for Wales, but it, it was great to see them in the World Cup. Um, they've not been in it, I think, for 63 years. So great to see them back in the World Cup and hopefully we'll see them in the next one as well. So we want to start off by talking all about Onyx FC, right? Like This is something which is very unique. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, when absolutely. When it was founded and what it's all about. Yeah, so we were founded actually only last year in 2021. So we're still pretty new. We're the first fully female-owned football club in the UAE and we focus on women's football and girls' football. So there's nobody else really doing it, to be honest with you. There's a few kind of girls' academies, but most of the time they're connected to men's or boys' clubs. So I don't want to say it's an afterthought. You know, we really wanted to put women at the forefront and that is our focus. So we're a women's football club. We compete at the top level here in the UAE with the Football Association. They have an 11-a-side league. So we compete really at that top level, but also at the expat league level a way for people to make friends connect with people and uh, we're also open to absolute beginners so you girls are welcome anytime if you've never kicked football before you're welcome to come along we have social sessions and it's kind of just a community of women coming together to make friends uh, make connections we know there's a lot of expats here in the UAE so sometimes it can be difficult to make friends to meet people so that's something that's really important to us as well and yeah just focusing on the development of girls football so the youngest player we've got now is four uh, so she looks very adorable in our purple onyx kit um so yeah it's just kind of about growing a community really for women and girls to come together learn something new make some friends and we're only just over a year old we just got sponsored by adidas amazing which is fantastic we've really appreciated their support and uh, we're just looking forward to seeing how it can help grow the game here in the uae and the wider region as well amazing well we have tons of questions to ask you about onyx but before we get into it you grew up in the UK and I said to you before, anyone I know, like any guy in particular I know from the UK seems to have a football club, which is the most obscure, some of them football clubs that they follow. Have you always played football growing up in the UK or talk us through the role sport played in your life? Yeah, well, actually, funnily enough, I only started playing football when I moved to Dubai. Uh, I never played football as a kid. I played netball and hockey and various other sports. I've always been a sporty kid. Uh, it was probably one of the only things I was good at at school. Sport and art, that was about it for me. And for me, it was a way to make friends when moving to Dubai. But like you said, in the UK, obviously football, that we've got mad fans, we're very passionate. Uh, my family weren't a massive football family. I do follow Aston Villa Football Club, so I like to keep up with them in the Premier League. Sometimes uh, it's sad times, but also good times as well with most sports. So yeah, I just think football is a great way to bring people together. And in the UK, it's a really big sport for us. You know, it's our, our national sport. Obviously, I'm supporting England in the World Cup at the moment. But for me, I never was a footballer as a kid. Even now, if you guys describe me as a footballer, I'm like, I'm not a footballer. Uh, but I love sports. I love all sports in general. And, and for me, it was a way to make friends when moving to Dubai. It was, can I learn a new sport? Can I connect with some people, make some, make some connections, make some friends? And honestly, I was pretty hopeless when I started. I don't want to say I'm good now because um, I don't want to be uh, arrogant in any way because I just play in our social team. I'm not really a, still not really a footballer. But for me, yeah, just a way to connect with people, a way to keep active. I know you guys are endurance athletes, let's say. For me, I cannot think of anything worse than just running for the sake of running. Uh, I only like to run if it's after something like a, a football, for example. 
So yeah, it, it's, I'm not a footballer, but I think it's just a great way to bring people together. How did you find football here then? You know, because if you're one of the first kind of clubs, how did you end up playing football here? Did you find a club here? So when I moved here eight years ago, I initially I played hockey before, which is quite similar to football in a similar number, same number of players, uh, similar formation, but in hockey, it can't touch your feet, the ball. <laughs> so that's a fundamental difference. And when I moved here, I didn't really find any hockey clubs. I couldn't Mm -hmm. find anything about it. And I I remember searching on Facebook at the time, which was like quite big back then with the Facebook groups. And I just found that it was a few women that got together. It wasn't necessarily a club. It was just women that got together to play. And I thought, why not? I'll go go along, give it a go. And so I went along, uh, was absolutely hopeless. But it was uh, a way for me to make some friends. And actually, I made some really good friends back then, seven, eight years ago, that are still in the football scene in Dubai now. Uh, It's grown so, so much, honestly. Back then, it was kind of, we all just turned up and played with our sports kit on. Now, we're seeing more teams come together with proper kit, uh, training sessions, which wasn't so much of a thing back then. But I'm pleased to see it growing here now for the women's game. Right. And this experience that you had, would you say you found a football community? Is it easy for women to find a football community here? And did that inspire Onyx FC in any way? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's easy. I think it's something that's very much in the growing phase here, uh, especially when we compare it to other parts of the world. Obviously, where I'm from in the UK, women's football is rapidly growing after the Lionesses victory as well in the summer. So I think we're still very much in in the early stages. I don't think it's easy, but I think clubs are now trying to come together so for us we're we're the only really female club as in we accept anybody Um, a lot of the other teams that we see here are kind of girls that get together just to play together on the weekends which of course is great and we want that to support the growth of the women's game but for us we really saw kind of a gap in the market to to create a community and create a club um and we are in the in the growth stages i think i think we uh we we now have four teams So we have four teams at all different levels. So the top level, uh, the social level, uh, for the little girls as well to come together and play. So I think it's growing slowly, but there's definitely more work to be done, I think, in the region. How many active players do you have at the moment in the club? So in terms of women, we have uh, just over 200 women in the club. And uh, girls, we're still kind of growing that program. It's it's a little less than that. But again, the women's side, we have women that came and they'd never kicked football before. And then we've had women who've played, you know, professionally in, in their home countries. Some, some of the girls have played for their country as well. One of the, my fellow co-founders, Lauren, so she's played at the Champions League level. She's played for Scotland as well. And uh, there's there's four of us, by the way, I probably should have said that. It's not just me. Uh, they do say it takes an army, doesn't it, to create something. So we're four women. Uh, there's myself, there's Lisa. She worked uh, for various football clubs in the UK. She's a UEFA licensed coach. Lauren, as I said before, she's uh, played at a high standard. So she's got that really kind of high level of playing experience, which is obviously inspirational for the girls as well. And then there's Hind, uh, who's our Emirati partner, and she's super passionate about bringing football to the Emirati community, which is really important to us as well. So there is four of us. I probably should have said that at the beginning. (laughs) So your co-founders, there's four of you. How did you meet one another? Like, what were the initial first conversations about starting Onyx like how did that all happen honestly what brought us together was football (laughs) that's how we met so uh, just from playing here over the years honestly the two girls are a much higher level than me I'm very much at a social level so I never played in the same team as them but just connected with them through football 
And I think we all bring something unique to the table. It's uh, we're all completely different. I'm similar to you, Dawn. Like, you know, I work in PR. I'm very passionate about sports. So I come at it from that angle, very much from the creating a community angle. Uh, Lauren and Lisa are very passionate about the football and giving these opportunities to young girls. And Hind, obviously, is just super passionate about bringing it to the Emiratis community. So I think we have those different aspects. We, we came together through football and it just started off as an idea, really. And it started off as saying, why isn't there a women's club? Well, OK, let's solve that problem and make one. And that's kind of where Onyx was born. And, and the name Onyx actually comes from a black gemstone, which is all about strength and coming together. And we thought it also represented the black in the UAE flag. Uh, we wanted to give a little nod to the country that we all call home. And also apparently the black in the UAE flag represents defeating your enemies, which we thought was quite fun uh, on the football pitch. <laughs> yeah. Also defeating your enemies on the football pitch. Yeah. So that's where the name came from as well. And how many nationalities play in the club? So across the club, I would say we maybe have close to 50 nationalities. It's Quite a real mix. representative of the country. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. And we have, like I said, women who've never played before, women who've played for years uh, from all over the world, you know, different nationalities, different beliefs. And we, we really just want it to be a community where all women can come. Um, so obviously you're both welcome to come along. I've yeah. said it again. <laughs> I think I was out with my cycling coach this morning and he's like, you need to focus on one sport. <laughs> Yeah. I might go on the down low. It's fine. I'm happy to. Okay. Happy to. I'm I'm going to convince you by the end of this dawn <laughs> yeah. that you're coming along. <laughs> do you guys do a lot of work with schools? Because obviously that's, I think, a place where a lot yeah. of us have started to play sports or our first introduction to sports. So how does Onyx kind of attract the younger players, the four-year-olds and, you know, the school-aged uh, girls? Yeah. So at the moment, we're currently in two schools, one at kind of either end of Dubai. So we're trying to grow that as we go into 2023. We're also expanding into Abu Dhabi next year as well because we just think it's really important to eventually go across the seven Emirates Mm -hmm. hopefully but we've started in Dubai with a few venues there but yeah we work very closely with the schools and offer after school programs for the girls to come along to we also run sessions on a Saturday for little girls to come along so it's really nice we've created quite a strong community the parents come along you know we've got Onyx mums and dads who come and cheer for us we're thinking about getting some uh, purple pom-poms as well for the dads because they're, they're very passionate so it's been really nice to create that community and yeah of course we have to work closely with the schools and and we do everything properly to just make sure it is as safe as possible and Mm -hmm. and of course creating a safe community for little girls to come along. You've been around for one year and you've achieved quite a bit already. What other community outreach have you been doing to gain that attention and, and get it across to parents that there's football club for women? Honestly, a lot of it has been quite organic. It's been word of mouth. People come along, they have a nice time, they tell their friends. The same with the parents, you know, they bring the little girls, they have a great time, they go tell all their friends at school. So for us, we just really focus on creating that community and just hope that it, it spreads from that way. Of course, social media You know, we focus a lot on Instagram. A lot of people in the UAE use social media. So that's been quite big for us. But again, it's just been really organic. It's been people that we know, friends of friends come along. And it's it's crazy to think that it's grown from just the four of us to now over 200 women in in a year, really. So we are proud of it. We're slowly but surely continuing to grow. And um, yeah, just just through building that community, we think is the focus for us. And obviously, the more people that, that join, we welcome them. But for us, we just want to make sure we get it right for the people that are coming each week and make sure they're enjoying themselves and feeling really part of the club and part of the community. When people join, like, 
I guess I'm trying to ask, like, if there's anyone that was like, oh, I really, football's not for me, you know, I don't think it's the type of sport that I like, but now are, like, football mad? (laughs) Yeah, we've actually had that on quite a few occasions. So last year we did our end of year awards and we've had a few mums that came along. So just want to give a shout out to all the mums that come to our social sessions on a Monday. And a lot of them are mums of, like, little boys and girls that play for different teams here or play in their school teams. And they're like... Do you know what? I'd actually quite like to have a go at that. So we've had some mums that are trying to connect with their kids through the love of football. And so they've come along. They've literally never kicked football before. And uh, now I want to say that they're fully fledged. They're part of the club. They come to our social sessions every week. So we've definitely had those people that have been converted from non-football lovers to actual footballers now, which is great. We've seen all over social media and stuff we love to see. And we love brands that support women's sports and see the opportunity in women's sports because the opportunity is massive. You guys have collaborated with Adidas. You're sponsored by them, but particularly for the World Cup. And you mentioned before you were on the mic last night. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing with Adidas and what they're doing during the World Cup? For us, female empowerment is key. Everything we do, we we really want to champion women and that's why there's absolutely no men in the club. Nothing against men, obviously, but just for us, we really wanted to focus on that. And a big focus for Adidas in the next year is women and women's sport across the region. So really their values align with our values and, and that was really important to us. Initially, we wanted to work with them from the very beginning. Unfortunately, we had to buy an, another brand of kit, which I, I won't, won't mention <laughs> in our first year. And we bought that and we bought it from the UK, but we always wanted to work with Adidas from, from the get-go before we even came up with the name for the club because we just really believe in what they do on the ground here as well. They're very hands-on. Uh, Adidas DXB is a key focus market for them. So with everything they're doing, obviously, with the World Cup, uh, they're a key sponsor of the World Cup. They've created the World Cup Ball this year, which is the Al Rihla Ball. And we're working with them at the Al Rihla Arena, which is at the Bud X FIFA Fan Festival, which is on Dubai Harbour. It's amazing. Let me know if you guys want to come along because honestly, it's such a great vibe down there. We've got a little football pitch. We're getting women and men down on the football pitch to try out our skills challenges. We've got football games happening and you can win some really cool Adidas prizes as well. So we're there throughout the whole month. Uh, I've been on the, the stage a couple of times. I just, a bit of a hype girl really, just cheering on the women from <laughs> We the like audience. hype girls, we like hype yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like I'm in the right room to be honest mm. with you girls as well, because you're also hype girls. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm in the right place. But yeah, it's, it's just been great to see the world's interest in football, uh, yeah. especially it's a great opportunity. The Women's World Cup is next year in mm-hmm. Australia. So we're very excited about that. And we'll hopefully be working with Adidas on some exciting campaigns for that as well. But yeah, as I said, I just we're really grateful for their support, but also what they do locally, because locally is is really important to us. We focus on the UAE. We want to focus on the Emiratis and also the people that live here um, that call it home. You know, it's important that uh, they focus very much on the community here. It's yeah. very important for us. I think it's a good segue to talk about you as a club being so diverse and inclusive. And you have Hind on, you know, as a co-founder who is making sure that Emiratis know that there's a sport out there that they can like take part in. But globally, I think there is an issue of diversity in female football clubs. Do you think there's a lesson here that can be either transferred or learnt 
in terms of how to make an exclusive football community? Yeah, I mean, diversity is obviously very important. And for us here in the UAE, we're such a multicultural country, aren't we? So we, that cannot be ignored. And it's, it's very clear in the people that come to our club as well. Even when, when you look at our girls' academy, 50% of the girls are Emirati. The other 50% are all different nationalities from all over. And that's something that we're really pushing. Um, and we're open to all, as I said. But I do think that globally there there is um, an importance for a push in, in diversity for sure even the England women's team have come under scrutiny for it recently um, they've you know insisted that it's due to performance which obviously when it comes to sport um, that is a topic that comes into it is who is performing at that level not looking at where you know where they might be from and um, their culture and so on so of course it's important. Performance also goes back to resources that someone may have to kind of build their yeah. skills, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's for us is we are open to everyone mm-hmm. as Onyx. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I can't speak on behalf of the England women's team, yeah. um, but I do think there's work to be done on a global scale. And especially for women's sport, we really want to just push women's sport into mainstream media. I think it's great what you guys are doing with the metal set. And it's something that's really passionate uh, to all four of us as well, to push uh, women's sport into the spotlight, especially here in the region, because Mm. there's some fantastic female athletes that um, really need to be shouted about. So, of course, yeah, it's really important for us. Yeah, visibility is is really, it's one step, but it's definitely an important step to encourage others. And the step that you've taken have diversity on the board itself, right? To create a club where you have for example hind who is kind of bringing her community into into the community into your football community yeah. i think that's important yeah absolutely and and hind is like heavily involved in everything mm-hmm. that we do and and we all we're equal partners the four of us we all have our, our things that we bring to the table and and that diversity and, and reaching different communities is a big focus for onyx um we have people honestly from i, I want to say so many different countries mm-hmm. i can't say the exact number but and we are open to everyone. On your website, you outline the importance of developing community role models within the Onyx ranks. I mean, I think anyone who takes up a sport is a role model in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form to their family and their friends and everything. Can you talk us through what you're doing to foster that and help encourage that within the players? Yeah, so we do a number of community initiatives. So even things like we do socials, we do hikes, uh, beach cleanups, desert cleanups. And, and that in itself, we feel like is setting a good example for not just for young girls, but also for the community here in the UAE. So we do have instances where when we have the Girls Academy, we'll have various members of our different women's teams who come along and they get involved. And it's great for the little girls to see us in, in the Onyx kit coming along. And we say, this is one of our team members. And, and even just to have that somebody to look up to, I think is really important, especially for young girls here. Because women's football isn't on the on kind of the big stage here just yet. We're working with the FA quite closely. We're involved with their women's leagues that they've got going on. But there's definitely work to be done to raise that profile. Um, but yeah, I think just seeing a role model in front of you is is enough, you know, to have women there who are also playing a sport and not afraid to be themselves, not afraid to put themselves in a situation where sport is tough, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, there's some great life lessons in there. So I think that in itself is a good role model for young girls to look up to. And like I said, the community initiatives that we're doing, we think, you know, building a community for positive outcomes, if we see litter, you know, pick it up, it it doesn't have to necessarily be a big 
beach cleanup uh, activation it's just at the end of games we teach girls you shake hands you give a high five it's mm-hmm. it's those positive actions that you take if you leave the football pitch you pick up your rubbish before you go uh, so yeah I think of course uh, role models are very important sports teaches you a lot of things team spirit camaraderie competitive spirit being friends with people and this is not just an issue with football or any sport for that matter bullying is a big issue not just in clubs but in schools where you have kids who can be rather mean to one another do you have anything in place to ensure that you are instilling positive values through sport in these children who come and were quite impressionable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a, a club code of conduct that we make everybody sign even before they've joined, and that includes the parents as well because mm. I do think sometimes <laughs> parents can get quite passionate on the sidelines. Uh, so it's just a reminder, you know, of of what we our values, what we're all about as a club and Obviously there will be instances I think with everything in life where things maybe don't go to plan or or maybe things come out the wrong way or there's I don't want to say bullying but I do think there's definitely life lessons to be learned through sport on and off the pitch. Uh, and as I said it goes to the sidelines as well you know when you're cheering on we we want those positive uh, we don't want any sort of negative around the football pitch negativity. So we stand by our, our club values we try to be as positive as possible we know sport as i said before has a lot of ups and downs but really it comes from the coaches it comes from the parents really investing in the club and being part of the club and uh, from our community as well honestly i think if you came along you'd see everybody there is nice you know there's we have a very positive attitude and outlook and we try to cultivate that and we try to stop anything that isn't isn't positive in any way Yeah, I've seen that personally as a child. I've noticed that there's very passionate parents in all sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there's like Of course. I used to do curling. I don't know if I've ever yeah. mentioned that. <laughs> But there was like one dad who was really hard on his kid in curling. I'm like, "Chill." And I used to bowl. Yeah. <laughs> There was another bowling dad as well who yeah. was super like Yeah, it's just I think the fact that you have parents signing a contract. Yeah, I guess sometimes you're just living through their kid, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just I happen to be the, around these, you know, off-center sports <laughs> as a kid. But yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. You said your youngest player is four years old, which is super cute. <laughs> and one of the things I think, you know, just reading and learning more about the UAE women's football team and now the Saudi football team like having that entryway into sport and those experiences from a really young age to allow for people to grow up with the sport so they're not kind of catching up and just starting it when they're you know in their late teens or in their 20s which has been the case for a lot of young emirati women who are part of the national football team yeah, yeah. and with saudi as well yeah. like it's about playing catch up but do you see now and i mean You don't need to name names, but if you want to, you can. Yeah. Any rising stars in the club where you see this young player really has some potential, potential yeah. to go far with this. And I think before like there maybe wasn't the option for people, but now like girls as young as four do have a pathway into professional sport. Honestly, we we have a few girls. Uh, I don't want to name names, but we definitely have a few girls that are ones to watch, especially the younger girls as well. Some of the young Emirati girls that I'm really impressed with and it's fantastic to see their passion grow for the game. We do have some girls in their late teens sort of 16 17 who are expats but they are 
actually part of the youth system for the UAE Football Association. So they're playing for the UAE at a youth level, which is fantastic to see. Obviously, the integration between Emiratis, locals and expats as well. A lot of these girls have been born here. Um, they might not have the uh, UAE passport, but they've been born here. This is their home. So, of course, they're super proud to represent the UAE at that youth level. So we have a few girls that are doing that and they play for our Onyx team as well. So they're getting sort of the club experience with some of our players that have played at that top level. And then they go and represent the UAE um, when they compete in these youth uh, international tournaments as well. So that's been fantastic to see, but can't name any names. Uh, but yeah, we're really great to see so many girls getting involved and, and following their dreams really now mm-hmm. they have the opportunity to do it and I have to give a shout out to the UAE Football Association they're really putting a lot of focus on on women's football which I think can only be a good thing right is is growing the game uh, within the UAE and the wider region and opening up to expats who were born here or have lived here for so many years and who call the UAE home and are proud to do that and proud to represent their country as well. One of the growth areas that they've outlined in their pillars for Vision 2038, if I'm not mistaken, is women's football, along with other some other growth areas they've identified as futsal. Yes. Do I have that right? Futsal? Yes. (laughs) And beach soccer as well. Have you ever thought about kind of expanding? Because those seem like more like social types of sports. Have you ever thought about kind of moving into that direction as well, like to offer something different within the football? Yeah, we actually already do that. Um, So it's something that we do just internally as a community. So I think futsal is the, the skills that you learn in futsal only can help you on the football pitch. Uh, One of our top players in our top A team, uh, Gemma, I'll give her a shout out. So she plays for England Beach Soccer. Mm. So she's brought her beach soccer skills to us at Onyx. And honestly, it's crazy. You guys should Google it. They do backflips. They're kicking the ball into the goal from the sand doing crazy mad backflips. So it's very, very impressive sport. And it's something that we've done socially. We've gone along and watched things organized by Dubai Sports Council down at Kite Beach. They've had beach soccer tournaments there throughout the Dubai Fitness Challenge. So we've been and seen it. We'd love to see it more kind of from a women's perspective. We'd love to see some of the women's games coming here. But from from a social perspective, we've done it. You know, we've Amazing. we say, hey, girls, we're going to go and try some beach soccer. Gemma, can you give us a little demo of what to do? But of course, I think any skills that you learn in these things it's only going to help you on the football pitch. Mm-hmm. And I think, like we said earlier, when you're involved with different sports, you learn so many different things. So it can only be a good thing. We've seen the impact that Onyx FC has made in a very short span of one year. But what would you say is the biggest achievement for Onyx FC? Oh, wow. It's very hard just to pick one, actually. Okay, then uh, biggest achievements. <laughs> <laughs> I think obviously signing our partnership with Adidas was a a big point for us because it was something we dreamt of from the very beginning. And also, as I said, we're just keen to support them with raising a spotlight on women's sport in general, not even just women's football. So that's a great achievement for us, having that partnership with them and uh, really being aligned in their vision for growing women's sport here. But I, I do think... We've won a few accolades since we since we began. We've won various different leagues here, but for us, it's not actually just about winning. So I don't really want to name that as as an achievement. I think just an achievement in itself is is bringing women together and having a community where women can come together. They feel empowered. They feel safe, and whatever it is they want to do, whether it's on the pitch, off the pitch, just having a community, I would say, is a really big achievement for us. What's next for you guys? Like, I mean, it's hard to believe it's only been a year, right? And it's grown this 
much and you know you're working with adidas involved in the world cup what's next for you guys like what would you love to see happen in the next year what isn't next that's (laughs) that's the question i think for us we're really focusing on expanding across the uae so we'll be expanding into abu dhabi early next year again just making sure that we can bring opportunities to every community that's here so the local community the expat community Uh, we're also looking to expand into Fajira very soon after that as well uh, where the focus really is on Emiratis and just providing a safe outlet for girls and women to come along to Um, obviously respecting all sort of cultural associations and and that is a big focus as well is just making sure that there are um, football pitches where women can come and they can perhaps take off the hijab and there won't be males there. So that is a big priority for us. Logistically, it's been difficult. Obviously, there's usually men that work in in these places. So for us, it's um, been a big focus and will be a big focus as we go into 2023. But expansion, really, and just providing more opportunities. We'd love to expand across the GCC and just bring women's football to as many women as we as we can, as many young girls as we can to give them that the, the vision and the dream that anything is possible, whether you want to be a footballer or whether you just want to enjoy football on the weekend, you know, both are okay. So for us, it's just bringing football to as many women as we can. That's kind of what's next. You're juggling a lot of balls in the air, right? I think you're completing your MBA at the moment. I just completed. Oh, yeah. congrats. Congratulations. Thank you. You're running a very, very popular football club now and you're working full time. Yes. <laughs> How do you make time? And you're time playing. For you're playing. And well. you're playing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, loosely, we'll use the term playing. Um, no, I do play in one of our uh, more social teams. Mm. But honestly, I've just always been a busy person. I, I just think it's my personality. Even as a kid, I did so many different sports, uh, so many different creative things. And I'm a very positive person. I think I look at things always with a positive outlook. I've, I work in PR, so I'm used to juggling lots of different clients. Dawn, you will know this as well. <laughs> But for me, I'm very super hyper-organized. I have a very detailed calendar, um, a little bit mental, actually. Everything is color-coded. <laughs> but I think when you love something, it, it doesn't feel like work. And, I, you know, I finish my day at work and I, I come and I go and work on Onyx. And for me, I love doing it. So it's it doesn't feel like too much. Sometimes I'm in need of a holiday. We'll put it that way. But... I think, yeah, when you've got a passion for something, when you've got a love for something, you you kind of have that determination and, and drive forward. And for me, even with the MBA, I, I never thought I would be able to do something like that. I wasn't academic at school. I was just always sporty and artistic. And probably if I told my teachers now that I've got an MBA with marketing, they would be very shocked to hear that. But I think during COVID, I, I was working in sports marketing. And like many of us, I think during that time, we were heavily affected by the pandemic and I just thought I really have wanted to do this for so long um, and I'm just going to do it. So I signed up for um, an online MBA and here we are now. I've just finished it. I've got my graduation in January and and it's a personal achievement for myself, something I never thought I'd I'd achieve. So again, when you've got that passion and that drive to do something, I think it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like an extra thing. It just it's something that you want to do and and you love doing. So World Cup's happening and I'm going to ask this, but... The caveat, I might not know who you, who you answer with. Okay. <laughs> because, like I said, I'm a bit of a, a football or soccer, I would call it. But also Canada. you came into football <laughs> like quite so late. Maybe one year so, from now, I'll be like yeah, fully know everyone. And, and <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. I, I'm 
I can't imagine. Did you like do a crash course in football? <laughs> like, you know, kind of read up on absolutely every player out there and, you know, just to get up to speed before the World Cup? <laughs> no, honestly, I just, I love it. I love sport. Okay. I love football. I think if you're from England, you just have a love for football without just any choice. Just by osmosis, you know about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't have a choice really. But, yeah. you know, for me, I just love sport in general. I love how it brings people together it's entertainment you know I love yeah, watching it yeah. some people love to the go drama. to concert. drama yeah I mean it's there's so much excitement yeah. and I really love that I think it's a great way to connect people together which is something I'm really passionate about you know my sister she's a musician and, and her thing is music so her going to concerts is like you know that's her jam whereas for me it's like I want to put the football on I want to put the tennis on I want to see what's happening in the world so yeah, I didn't really take a crash course. But again, I, I'm not a footballer. I'm just a sports lover. And um, I, I love watching football. I love the way it brings people together. I love the drama, the ups and the downs. And uh, I think I just love that you can see little kids going with their mum mm. or dad or their granddad or grandma to the football and all ages it, it um, kind of is open to everyone, which I love. I watched Canada versus yeah. Croatia the other night and we didn't do so well. I'm going to put my energy towards the women's Canadian team, I think, because yeah. they, they're a pretty good team. But my question was, who is your favorite football player? That's a tough one. So my favorite men's football player has to be Jack Grealish. Uh, he played for Aston Villa back in the day. He now plays for Man City. So Aston Villa is my like childhood club. And I just think he's a really positive, like happy-go-lucky guy, which I really think is important in life. So uh, he's fun-loving. He's fantastic with the ball. I think he reminds me a lot of Messi. He keeps the ball very close to his feet. Um, he's quite iconic for the shin pads that he wears. I'll show you guys a photo mm, afterwards because you won't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but there's a lot of players that I really respect and really admire, but I just think he's a very fun, uh, happy-go-lucky guy. And I think he brings a great energy to the England team. And of course, I had to pick an England player, didn't yeah. I? So um, if you ask me from any other club, I've probably got different uh, different players from different teams. But yeah, he's my choice. And a female footballer? Do you have one in mind? There's a few that I could choose from. I love Lucy Bronze. She plays for England as well. She also plays for Barcelona. And uh, she's just a solid player, just a dependable person that you can have on the pitch, which I think is important in any sport. So I choose Lucy Bronze. <laughs> do you have any World Cup predictions? <laughs> I think oh. we know the answer to this. <laughs> I do, but I don't want to jinx it. No. <laughs> uh, I would obviously love for England to win, but I think Portugal have got a good shot. Obviously, Brazil are always in there. So I think probably the final is going to be Portugal-Brazil. I'd love for England to be up there, but I just think we just seem to fall at the last hurdle <laughs> for some reason. But hopefully I'm proven wrong with that one. We'll never say never. I mean, last night was a good result. Yeah. 2023 is the Women's World Cup coming up in Australia. What will you guys be doing around that? Well, or we, yet to be determined. It's yet to be determined, but we will be doing a lot around it. And we think it's a great opportunity to raise the profile of the women's game in general. Hopefully mm -hmm. here in the region, it will inspire some young girls to get involved, especially in the Middle East. Hopefully we'll just see kind of a, a rise in excitement for women's football. But we will definitely be doing a lot. We've been doing a lot already and it's only the Men's World Cup. So I'm excited to see what we get our teeth into next summer when it's the, the Women's World Cup. We've seen a lot of grit shown just creating a football club for women when it did not exist. So kind of addressing a need and demand in the market. We always ask our guests this question about whether they think that grit is innate 
or do you think it's learned and what is it in your case oh that that is a really tricky question i think grit you always have to have it there but i think it's something that can be built upon so obviously as you go through life different experiences you kind of learn it along the way or you build upon it along the way i think for me personally it's been something that i've always had i think i've always been sort of a headstrong person even as a kid i'm sure my my mom and dad will tell you i was a bit of a handful I've got two younger sisters and we're each of us is seven years apart. So my mom and dad joke that they needed seven years to get over each of us. Um, Are you the oldest? I'm the oldest, yeah. yeah. So I think I set up quite a bad precedent and then uh, my next sister was a bit of a handful as well. So yeah, I think it, we've always, ha- always had it, always been strong kind of independent woman from a, a young age. But grit is something that you can build upon through your life experiences. And I think anything through sport is building upon that and, and giving you opportunities to to grow as a person. So I think it's it's always there, but definitely can be built upon. So where can people find out more information about Onyx? Yeah, I mean, we're very active on Instagram. So we're onyxfc underscore. Somebody got onyxfc <laughs> without the underscore. So still getting over that. But yeah, onyxfc underscore. We post a lot on social media. We also have various WhatsApp groups. So if you're interested in coming along to the social sessions, just drop us a message on Instagram and then we add you to that WhatsApp group. So you're automatically part of the community which is great as well. So yeah, social media is the way now these days. We're mm-hmm, also on, on WhatsApp or a phone call away. So we're very easy to reach and connected. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we ask that you please share it with family, teammates, friends, and even frenemies or share via social media. Please also leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Five stars only. And visit us on themetalset.com for more stories and resources. Thanks again for listening. Your support means the world to us. This is The Metal Set.